Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the world of coffee. I can't even wait to jump into this. I mean, as you guys know, the coffee and tea category is exploding and there's all kinds of new entrants. Like, And there's so many interesting angles to be played in this category. And I, I'm really excited about it. Um, on the podcast today, Zach France, he's got a great company called Wildland Coffee. We're going to unpack the whole thing, no pun intended, um, and talk about that today. Zach, it's so great to have you here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Justin. I really appreciate it. Dude, I'm glad you're here. Um, it's so fun. We were talking before we hit record about you know different companies and, and, and individuals and brands that we that we meet here on the podcast. And I was sharing that one of my favorite things about doing this is, you know, I'll meet someone early, early stage, like just with an idea and kind of end product development. We'll have guests on like way down the path of they're already out in XYZ retail stores and, and growing um, and somewhere in between. And I think what's really cool about your brand is like, you've gone beyond the idea, you've got product and now you're kind of rolling it out. And it's, it's just so fun to see that. So I'm glad you're here. Um, let's do this first, share a little bit about your background background and, and what you were doing before you got into coffee. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so I'll, I'll, I always start the, the, the story in the very beginning. So for me, that was when I was nine years old. Nice. I started my first business when I was nine. I was cooking a lot with my mom, baking, you know, cakes, cookies, right? Like I was like in my mom's like little, you know, front pouch when I was like, you know, one years old cooking. And so um, I love to make cakes. I think it's because I was kind of a fat kid. And I thought, you know, why don't I make it an e-commerce cake business? This was in 1999. I don't know if you remember Yahoo GeoCities. Of course. You could live. Yeah. So I made a drag and drop website, like a drag and drop website on Yahoo GeoCities where you could order a cake. I may have been the first e-commerce cake business potentially ever. Um, wow. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I remember like, making the website and I, I misspelled cakes. I spelled it cacks. So it was <laughs> the cack. It was coming. I have some it, it was, cacks. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was cacks by Zach. And I couldn't figure out Oh my out God. That's actually kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I only ever sold one cake to my neighbor. Um, so, you know, it, I, I got uh, $50 in seed funding from my mom. Those funds, you know, kind of ran, ran, ran out, went into <laughs> chapter nine bankruptcy. Um, so that was my my first experience. F fast forward to after college, I moved to Salt Lake. Yep. I was doing a lot of camping and bringing my French press to to make coffee. And I was just like, this is really frustrating. Um, and I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. And like, if I have this problem, there's other people that have this problem as well. And so um, just kind of being like an entrepreneur, I thought, how do I solve this problem in a way that makes sense for me? And I thought like, well, a French press is just moving coffee through water, right? And so why don't just put it into like a little single serve bag, like a, like a tea bag. Sure. So I was like, man, that's like a really cool idea, actually, Zach. Like, nice. <laughs> I went home and I, and I Googled it. And like, it turns out I wasn't the first one to think of it, but I, I had never seen it before. Got it. Um, Love that. And so I, I thought, hey, you know, like I'm an outdoorsman. I've never seen this in the outdoor space. And these companies are all really small. Like I, maybe they're not going about this the right way, like attacking the right use case in the right market. So why don't I 
take a stab at this. And that, totally. That's why I started Wildland. Man, I love that. Um, your background is also in technology, account uh, leadership and whatnot. Had, did that help you get into this? Or was it like, that was the thing you're doing? And like, in the same time, I'm going to get this going on the side. What'd that look like? Yeah. So I, I do still have a full-time job. I, I worked for two really small software startups. And now I work for a large publicly traded uh, global company. And having all, I will say this, um, doing sales, I think has uniquely positioned me to grow a successful company. Totally. Um, I and totally I can talk about that. that now, or we can go down no, the path in like hold, a little bit. I want you to hold on to that thought because okay. that was what I yes. was hoping you would say. It's so fun, you know. Like you know, it's anyway. I, I think it's so interesting. And for those out there that have an idea, we you know, many of you listen to this podcast, and you don't have to just quit one thing and go do the other. Especially early days when you're testing it out and like trying it out and doing research and trying to figure out is this possible. Now, at some point, you know, it could become the the thing. But in the meantime, man, you know, experiment. Don't let your creative side not kind of go untapped. Um, and I, that's what I love the, about what you're doing, Zach. So, okay. So you decide you're going to go um, launch this brand. So you hadn't, you had done a little work, I think around coffee, but like you had never made a product, right? So how did you figure out like the making of it? And I know you, you're sourcing materials from, from Brazil and whatnot. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, I, I saw that there were a couple of other companies doing this. And so the way that I've always thought about running a business is I want to outsource as much as possible to people that are really good in, in that thing. I I'm also in many ways, like in some ways I have an insane risk tolerance and in other ways I'm very not, my risk tolerance (laughs) is very low. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So, so I, I went about trying to find a co-packer for this product uh, because I didn't want to have to go buy a bunch of equipment and machinery to, to start this thing. And so um, I was really fortunate to find a co-packer in San Diego, which is now where I live. Where you live, right? Um, that 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 produces this product, um, and we source coffee from from Brazil, and we're actually expanding that out as well as we bring out more more roast. We're so today, this January twenty first, um, we're releasing a new roast actually next week. Wow! Um, and that that coffee is actually coming from Guatemala. Got it. Okay, so describe your product. Like, what is the experience? Someone, if someone were to buy this, like, what does it look like? How do you sell it? That kind of thing. Yeah. So we sell it on the website and on Amazon. Uh, depending on where you buy it, there's different pack sizes, but like 10, 20, 40, and then a hundred pack. And each each single serve bag comes with about three tablespoons of coffee. You're going to get about 160 milligrams of caffeine, so a nice little jolt there as well. Um, and then they come packaged in an individual wrapper. And the reason that we do that is because coffee, when you grind it, goes stale very quickly within like a Interesting. week. Interesting. I had you, no idea. Yeah, and it, yeah. So like a lot of coffee that you're actually tasting, whether it's a Keurig or just you know most brands, you're you're tasting stale, stale coffee pretty Got much. Um, so we actually nitro flush the bag to get the oxygen out, and it helps keep the coffee fresh for at least twelve months. And so how did you figure out that? I mean, did you did the co-packer know how to make blends of coffee or how to package it and whatnot? Or did you have to get help with that? And like, what did that iteration look like as you went through figuring that out? So fortunately, the co-packer has already been doing this. So it's so through the co-packer, it's kind of a, a turnkey solution, which Got it. Okay. in some so- ways is 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 very nice because they they've already made a bunch of mistakes. The on the flip side of that is because this is what they do, the barrier to entry, you know, tends to not be as as high, not be as high, right, right. Which is kind of cool. So there's 
there's pluses and minuses, but I also do my, ro- oh, I don't do my roasting. I outsource to a roaster here in San Diego as well, which is nice to have my whole supply chain in one city. Cause I can go visit them in person. I can totally. drive my product. I don't have to spend money on shipping stuff all over the country. Totally. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I like the packaging too. It looks really nice. Um, so you decide you're going to launch this. You found a co-packer. Um, you, you figured out uh, a, a roaster, someone that could like make the, the that actual product. So how much time between when it's, what, it, how long does it take to get it into the package? And then how long does it have in ter- terms of sales life? Does that make sense? Like shelf life? Yeah. So, um, usually from when it's roasted, it, it's about a week until I actually do the packaging. Sometimes it can be like a little, a little, a little shorter, but about a week. Um, so it's a pretty quick, quick turnaround time there. And then once it's in the bat, once it's actually in the, the, uh, the pouch, it, it stay, we, we guarantee it for at least 12 months. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's now great. these, these, these are, uh, recyclable, uh, pouches and like, they're not going to let air in. So, sure. you know, we guarantee if we guarantee it for 12 months, but we have to put a best buy date on it. Got it. So this is so cool. So early, early days, which I, I love. So you get finished product, you're excited about it. Um, <laughs> how do you start getting the word out? How do you get people interested in buying you? I know you're selling online and whatnot, but like, how do you get into stores? Like, what have you been thinking about on that front? Yeah. yeah. Um, and sorry, may, maybe the last question was how long did it take me to to get everything set up initially. Oh uh, yeah, or like please. An average... Totally. Like, oh, what did okay. that look like? Sorry, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I totally. I'm always the, eager. No, I, and that's no. I mean, I'm, I'm always eager to hear like from idea to like, okay, I have a, something in hand that I can actually sell. Like, what does that timeline look like? And for some, it's months and years, and others, it's weeks. I'm just curious on your front. Yes. So I, I, I have the patience of whatever has. <laughs> The shortest patience. Whatever has low low patience, that's my level of patience. Me too. Totally. (laughs) I'm also a big believer in momentum. So like if I have an idea and then I sit on it for like a year, like I'm never going to do it. Like I I need to like get something and start on it and start to create momentum. So I first had the idea. I saw that there was a couple competitors and I thought, oh, like whatever. Right. Right. I shelved it. But I, I kept thinking about it for six months and I was like, okay, I'm still thinking about this thing. Like I need to do this. So then once I decided I'm going to do it, it was probably four months until I had a product. Wow. Now that's like very like JV. Right. <laughs> the, the, it was a product. Have, it wasn't. The, yes. <laughs> right. And I, I didn't even have custom packaging. I just slapped a sticker on it. Got it. Hey, so, that's how it starts. So, I mean, yeah. So I, I actually started my MVP. I started selling my MVP product with, with a sticker on it. So sure. like when someone ordered a 10 pack, I'd yep. have to go put a sticker on the back, a sticker on the front, like my, my wife hated me. She's like, Zach, I'm not putting a sticker on anything ever again. <laughs> Hey, listen, you're not the first. And I mentioned to you the, the number of guests we've had on. Like, I just literally interviewed... I've heard this story many times. You know, It starts making it in the kitchen and put it in bags and we put our own stickers on there. Like That's how a lot of people start. I mean, that's right. Just to get something out the door. So yeah. who was trying your product? I mean, did you have friends and family or were you trying to get it out and whoever would take it? What did that look like? Yeah. So, and, and this, this will kind of lead into the question that you just asked, like, how am I getting the word out? So I had had like a lot of friends and just, you know, people on LinkedIn and acquaintances who, who had told me that Facebook ads, you know, can be very successful, but they can also be a money pit. And totally. you if know, you're not managing I, it. Yeah. And like, I don't, 
I don't have unlimited funds, right? I'm not like, I don't, I didn't just get like a million dollar check from, you know, Andrews Horowitz or something. So, um, so I thought, you know what, like, let me go try to like grow this thing organically with, with ambassadors. Okay. And so I hired a virtual, I hired a virtual assistant in the Philippines and she started contacting micro influencers on Instagram. Got now it. I, within what, three or four months, I realized, Hey, it's not 2010 anymore. Instagram doesn't give you free reach. So that, that like, wasn't necessarily working. Right. Um, now, I mean, it, it was, it was working a little bit, but not like, not like scalable. You Got know what it. I'm saying? Yep. Sure. That makes sense. Um, and so, so the next step was, all right, I'm either going to have to drive traffic to, to my website with, with some level of ads, or I'm going to go on Amazon. So I actually, then I raised a friends and family round Good. and, um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go on Amazon. And that was, that was, we, we launched Amazon like September 20th or something, September 19th. And, um, it's been successful, but it's not going to be right now. It's not like an amazing channel for us. Sure. And the reason is, and this is a learning lesson, right? Is like people are going on Amazon. They know they have an idea in their head of what they want. They don't know the brand necessarily. They don't know the price point, but they're like, I'm going to go buy a dog leech or I'm going to go buy a I'm bag gonna go of buy coffee. coffee. In fact, I want Amazon's choice with 230 (laughs) five-star reviews. I mean, like, dude, that's pretty amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) But Are you you drinking your coffee right now? I am, actually. I don't want to spill it on my laptop. But um, (laughs) But you were saying... The the, the problem is, is like, people aren't searching for coffee in a tea bag or single-serve coffee bag. Got it. There are searches, but not like... Not scalable, not where I'm going to be making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a month. Right. Like way, way less than that. So we had that realization about, <laughs> about a month and a half ago that like Amazon's good and we can, at a small scale, we can break even. We can focus our ads on just the areas where we win profitably. Sure. Um, but that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna take us like to where we want to go. So now what we're doing is, we're still kind of like not doing the Facebook ads thing um, because of kind of the, some of the unique challenges of this product, which I can talk about in a second. But um, I, I decided that I want to go on like a more of a partnership model. So what that means to, to, to me and, and to Wildland is aligning ourselves with other outdoor brands and use leveraging their audience. So like, I'll give got you an it. example. We're going to launch a partnership with Harvest Host. Okay, got it. Where So, so Harvest Host is like an RV... Um, an RV type of brand where you can, where someone who has like a bunch of land or, you know, if they've got a farm or a ranch, you can go park your RV there. And it's kind of like Airbnb, but you take your RV to like someone's house basically. So this is my, my target market. And so we're, we're going to launch a partnership with them where people that are harvest host customers can get a discount on wildland through a gated kind of gear section, essentially. So we're trying to like align ourselves with other outdoor brands that can get us in front of the right market um, in a way that's scalable and in a way that doesn't cost, you know, $25 per acquisition like Facebook would. Yeah, totally. I totally get that. That's pretty cool. And it seems like you've, you've had to sort out your strategy around that. And I mean, it is great, at least in this online channel, people will come and look at reviews, right? And you've got, I mean, not just five or 10 or 30, but like, I mean, a couple hundred. It's amazing. Um, so as you think about your product, like what's next for it? Do you need to add other uh, lines? I'll call it in coffee or like, what does that look like as you, you grow out the product? Yeah. So 
our vision is to be the number one coffee brand in the outdoor community. That's we we want to just dominate the outdoor space. And our like the the why behind the brand is to live different. So if you think about that for like outdoor people, it's it could you could be a weekend warrior, you could be a digital nomad, but there's this very aspirational kind of idea of not like not living the nine to five, going out like you know, camping, backpacking, whatever, and like seeing like amazing places in the US and outside the US as well, right? And so as I think about wanting to be the number one coffee brand in the outdoor space and helping our customers like live different, there's a ton of options, but we are focused on 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 coffee, but there will be future products. I think we're gonna start putting like interesting things in the tea bag with coffee. Um oh, you know, interesting. I, we would okay. love we would love to have like a mushroom coffee in a tea bag one day CBD. or, you know, once or CBD or, you know, I'm not a THC guy personally, but like a lot of people are. So sure. like when, when there's a, you know, a healthier regulatory environment around things like that, there's, there are interesting things that we can do within the tea bag. And then moving into like more standard, maybe like instant coffee or, you know, uh, like a bag of whole beans so people can enjoy us, you know, however they want. That's very, very cool. I love that. Um, you know, obviously, a connector. Um, I love LinkedIn. You know, not only the number of connections you have, but also I was noticing you're very well connected with a large number of the guests we've had on the show, which is kind of cool. I mean, has yeah. that network helped you at all in terms of other um, food beverage startups? Have you leaned into that at all, or what does that look like for you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, LinkedIn for me is something that I've been pretty passionate about for the last, I'd say, three or four years. And it has honestly paid dividends in a lot of different ways. I mean, I, I've got a whole net, network of people that I comment on their posts, they comment on mine, and I can just, just reach out and be like, hey, like, you know, you got like 20 minutes, I've got some questions. Um, it actually helped me with my friends and family round of fundraising. Um, it's also helped me sell product. It's, it, it's helped me do, do a lot of things. So for, for anyone who's listening to this, that's like kind of sleeping on LinkedIn, like, Take the Gary V model, which is document the journey <laughs> right. and just start there. You don't need to be an expert to post on LinkedIn. Just tell us what you're doing and how you're succeeding and how you're failing. People totally. love that shit. They do. And I mean, when you're launching and growing a brand, everyone, I mean, it's like a community. It's really very, very cool. I, yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome. And the CPG community is great. Like there's definitely, you know, you have competitors, but generally speaking, CPG is very supportive, even if you are competitive, like in some way, you know, like if, if another coffee company or founder came to me, like I would talk to them. Like, I'm not going to sure. shun someone just because we're like, there's enough money to go around for everyone. Sure. No doubt. I, it's, I totally agree. Um, I always love to ask our guests about their lessons learned or a piece of advice you'd offer to other listeners, other listeners, or entrepreneurs that are listening. Um, we do have a big audience there, as I mentioned to you before we hit record today. Um, I know your early days, your early stage, but you're out, you know, you've got product in hand and developing, like what would be two or three pieces of advice you'd offer to our listening audience? Yeah. So the first thing is I always tell people to niche down as much as you can. Um, okay. Unpack that for us a little bit. Yeah. So there's like, there's this idea and I think it comes from like VC where it's like, well, you got to attack the biggest market because we want to make a billion dollars. Got it. And that makes sense if, if you're VC, right? Because you have to bet on one company succeeding out of 20. And if they have a small market, it's not going to work. But here's the, the reality is the bigger you go, the more competitors you have. And those competitors are going to be massive. So for me, if I was to try to be a general purpose coffee company, 
Well, now I'm competing against Starbucks. Sure. And you know who's going to win in that battle? Starbucks <laughs> is going to win right. every single time. Got so it. what I tell people is like, what's the smallest niche that you can go and, and attack? Because that's going to help you with your messaging. You're going to have really tight messaging. You're going to have um, you, you like your distribution channels are going to be more well, well-defined. Um, and just y- y- you can customize the product around a specific person. And you can always expand later. Sure. Like there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we're going to dominate the outdoor space for five years and then we're going to start to go from there. Um, so I always tell people like start really small. Sure. And the other thing is, especially with food and beverage, um, and this is a lesson I learned fairly recently is don't underestimate the power of expectations. Interesting. So like, okay. Explain that. That's, that's interesting. So, so I'll just give you the example that the, or I'll give you the lesson that I learned. Um, so coffee in America generally is very burnt and it's bitter, right? I mean, I, I think anyone that is listening to this would say, yeah, that's what coffee tastes like. That's what coffee tastes like in America. Right. And there's a reason for that. That's actually not how coffee, I'm going to put it in air quotes, is supposed to taste. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but for like a, lo- a lot of different reasons that I don't think we can go into today, that's just kind of how coffee is in the U.S. Sure. Um so, so you, people have I, been trained to expect it to be bitter exactly. and not taste good. Like that's why I don't drink coffee. I feel like I'd have to add a lot to it to make it taste decent. You know what I mean? Right. I'll send you some of my coffee and you'll probably change your opinion. I I've had wait. a lot of people totally. I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, I don't like coffee, but this is not I actually like this. So I my product is actually not bitter because of the beans and because of like the roaster that I use. And so a lot of people think, oh, this is like not bold enough for me in quotes um (laughs) even though like it's it's actually like really high quality coffee so what i realized is i actually need to create a a skew that is literally just burnt coffee just meat like (laughs) burnt traditional burnt coffee yeah Yeah, seriously like and i'm I'm, I'm gonna call it like like the the 3x dark roast and it's just gonna be burnt coffee um (laughs) so don't right (laughs) don't don't underestimate like even if your product is amazing, if it if it's too different than what people are expecting, it's going to be a shock to people. Sure. So there's a fine line between being different but not too different. Got it. Man, that's awesome. I love that piece of advice. That I mean, that's great. I mean, you brought some new um, new ideas, which I think is so helpful. Um, man, I'm excited for you. Early days. Uh, you got a lot in front of you. Uh, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product, test it out. Yeah. So you, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Zach Branch. So Z-A-C-H-F-R-A-N-T-Z. Um, you can check out Wildland at uh, wildlandcoffee.co um, and or our Instagram or TikTok is under the same um, is under the same handle. Dude, and I love the video on your website, the guy camping, making the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's hilarious. Um, it's very campy. Um, very fun, man. I'm excited. You got to come back. I mean, this will be the first time you're here. We'll have you back on for sure. Um, especially as you get as you get growing. Um, I'm, we're excited for you. And thanks for coming out today, man. It's been awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. 
If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.